This week on Erotic Awakening, face slapping. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Don, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then, every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking to a master who slaps his women around. Consensually. Consensually, <laughs> yes. Uh, master Severin will be talking to us in a little bit about face slapping as a BDSM practice. Nice. We'll get there in just a moment. We also have uh, a question of the day, which we will start off with. This is a uh, follow-up to our uh, our last podcast mm-hmm. where we did Power Exchange and Polyamory. With uh, Lucy the Slut. With Lucy the Slut. We had a caller, local caller as a matter of fact, somebody from here in Columbus, but they called the voicemail and they said, hey... I have been in a power exchange relationship for about three years, mm-hmm. and my master is preparing to get into a new relationship. I'm struggling a little bit with the feelings around that. So, Don, you've been in that situation where you and I are in a long-term power exchange relationship, and I take on a new slave. So what kind of challenges do you deal with in that situation? Mm, well, there's a couple. And um, for one, it's knowing that the person that... Um, Mm, my wording might be a little funny, so so just uh, uh, deal with that for a minute. But the person that considers you worthy enough to be owned is now going to have somebody else that he owns. Okay? Mm-hmm. So even though logically that's all great, someone else is worthy enough to be owned, you know, let's wish the best on mankind and on our fellow submissives. That's all great. But um, now I'm not the, the special one. You know what I mean? So that can cause some some funky feelings in the stomach. For number two, I'm not going to be his complete focus, right? Now you've got to split your focus up between other people. Mm -hmm. So there's a funky feeling. Um, As a slave, I've totally dropped my walls around you. And that opens me up to being able to be hurt by you. But now you're pulling in someone else, and I may ne- not necessarily have chosen that person to have been vulnerable around, mm-hmm. but it kind of brings them in. So there's that fear. There's the, uh, uh-oh, there's only so many things that can be done in a day to help serve you. Right. Now I have to give some of that up. You know, and logically, like I said, logically you can have compassion for the other person, you can have love for the other person, but it does affect the relationship between you and your master. And if you're very comfortable with the relationship that you have, sometimes that effect isn't always positive, you know? So there can be that fear as well. I'm sure, I I don't know how this works with male submissives or slaves, but with female, you know, submissives or or slaves, especially as we're getting older, uh uh-oh, what if he's going to replace me with the new young shiny? Mm Mm-hmm. So, and it's, it's all those fears kind of, of get in the way. So, you know, all of that can cause those funny feelings. So So, now now you get to 
dig at the lint in your belly button and see what the hell it is. Sure. So what do you, how would you recommend somebody deal with that stuff? Well, there's a couple of things. First, are you poly? You know, you, you have to discuss that. You know, what did you guys talk about when you created your contract, if you created your contract? You know, you and I had a deep discussion, right? We knew we were poly and we were going to at least attempt it. So if I was monogamous and not able to live with somebody that was poly, that's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. So for me, I had decided up front, I had did some self-discovery and made the choice that I was poly and was going to attempt it. So knowing that that is who I am and that is who you are, it's worth it to me for the tweaks and the pain for the self-growth to get to who I want to be and who I think I am. Yep. Okay. So now that's, like I said, that's a little different. If you're wired monogamously and you know you're monogamous and you don't want to attempt to be a poly person, you're really going to have to look at yourself. I mean, if you think you're poly, think at some point that this will work for you, then you get to look at what's tweaking you. I mean, if it's, uh, if it's a low self-esteem, guess what? Yeah, get to work on it <laughs> because poly and like this lifestyle, like power exchange is going to pull all that out. Well, I agree, but not all MS is poly. Would you say not that Slave Gem was a poly situation? Okay, that's true. Was Slave Gem a poly situation? Probably not in the way we define poly, right, right. which is a loving romantic relationship. Right. At least that's how we've been doing it, you know, up till mm-hmm. now. Uh, I know definitions change sometimes. But um, I wouldn't say she was a poly situation, though we did have love for her. We called it fondness yeah. because it wasn't romantic, sexual. Mm-hmm. Well, for the most part, love. <laughs> Sorry, Slave Jim. I just had some uh, memories, <laughs> memories yes. popped so, in my head. But to come back to the question, <laughs> directly to the question of the day, what? so this woman is... Uh, a local person, she stops you right. in the hallway. She says, hey, I'm having some funny feelings about this. What do you recommend? I recommend her actually taking our poly, eight tools of poly class. That was <laughs> that just last doing. night. <laughs> oh, that was just last night. Uh, 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 truthfully, it's in a couple of days. Yes. But let's say it was just last night. Um, first of all, I tell her to journal about it. Second, I would tell her to be totally honest with her master about it without being manipulative, um, which is always the trick. Um, for three, when she journals, I would tell her, oh, get this. I can actually pull something up here. All right. So journal. And when you journal, journal free flow. So journal, 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 journal. Let shit come out. Stop. Go have a cup of coffee. Go have a cigarette. If you smoke, come back, pick up where you left off. Journal, 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 journal. You'll find you get a little deeper. Stop. Again, take a break, come back, journal some more. And each time you journal, you're going to get a layer deeper and you might be able to figure out what's going on. Um, like I said, be honest with your master when you talk to him. Um, God, breaking habitual patterns, you know, look at that feeling and see if that feeling is, um, I'm supposed to be jealous because I love him, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of just letting it be what it is. So those are three tools I would do. Try to break habitual patterns, which is too long to go into right now. Um, journaling, talking honestly. Uh, see if it is a what about me moment. If it's a what about me moment, that could be a trigger. So, yay, you get to look at your triggers. 
things like that. What would you recommend? Because I know we have more. Well, I mean, I don't have to, uh, that is to say, I'm in the other position, right? Exactly. So uh, what I would recommend to my slave, Mm -hmm. well, first off, we've been together for X amount of time, so trust me. Absolutely. I'm not going to forget about you. That's a big one. I understand that it's not as comfortable. You know, we were comfortable and this is uncomfortable. Well, too bad. It's okay if it's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable mm-hmm. is okay. That's an okay place mm-hmm. to be. And our experience is such that what we, what I have found, when I bring in a new slave to the household, it reinforces uh, my. It's kind of a reminder to go back to some of the basics, and you have to, and you're brought into those basics as well. Some of those things that we did early in the relationship that we kind of, you know, became complacent about or forgot about get looked over you bring somebody a fresh slave into it and you're like oh hey you have to do this right in a certain way do these certain basic things and it's a good thing to reinstate for my uh existing slave as well so it's a nice reminder it also gives the slave the opportunity to be more than just my slave but also how can you serve your master's property how can you serve your master properly by also Helping someone else serve your master. It's a brand new skill set that you learn. Your uh, experience and your growth from me having other slaves, you've become more than just my slave, but you've also become able to mentor other slaves, even when they're s- serving me. It also, like you said, it brings up a lot of your own, it, a lot of your own mirror stuff that you have to look at. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the fact of the matter is, I like training new slaves and i'm going to keep doing it right so uh again this is where my job is helping you through it but not avoiding it Mm -hmm. you know because as a master it's a great opportunity to enhance yourself um now it probably gets a little more complicated depending on why they bring it in but overall breathe it's not a big deal it's okay to be uncomfortable, is what I would say. And and know that even um, those of us that have been doing this for a long time, we still go through that when a new slave is brought in because there's new relationship energy going on, you know. So and that can make us feel a little left out. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of submissives and slaves they like a place where there's structure, they like a place where there's safety, they like a place, you know, that that's very predefined as that they move around in. So to have a pebble thrown into that you know, can cause some disruption. So just wait for it to settle again. It will settle again. There will be structure that will, it might be a little different than what you're used to, but it will be created again because your master is still master. And sometimes there's an inner drive for him to create that structure for Uh you. So he's not trying to harm you. He's just trying to be who he is for the most part. You know, I, I, like I said, I can't speak for everybody. I can speak for master Dan. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not even supposed to do that, but you know what I mean, from what I've seen. <laughs> so that was the uh, question of the day via the voicemail. If you would like to send in a question of the day, you can do so via Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or haha, you can do like was just done and send us in a voicemail, 614-414-2072. A variety of other ways to contact us, as well as where we will be presenting past podcast episodes, link to the newsletter, and other stuff can be found at eroticawakening.com. Indeed, indeed. Hey, guess what? It's Sunday. We're packing. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to be there until Friday. Why are we packing on Sunday? Because we're pretty darned busy. (laughs) We are, and I just started um, a new job. So speaking of which, that would actually make for a good topic at some point, too. 
because I'm used to taking care of the house. I'm used to taking care of you. Mm -hmm. I'm used to doing the packing and the printing. And now you're doing the laundry and, and dropping off the dog. And we clean the living room together today. And you're going to be packing your own stuff by choice. (laughs) Well, since you're not going to be around as much because you're working now, Mm -hmm. maybe I should buy a love doll. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Smitten Kitten. (laughs) Smitten Kitten is your online resource and personal guide to all things sex-related. They do not carry love dolls. They offer over 3,000 unique products and have served the sex-positive community for over 10 years. No love dolls. From not love dolls to... Uh, but they do have pocket pussies. You'll find it all at smittenkittenonline.com. And you'll save 20% off your order when you use the coupon code Dan and Dawn. And you'll be helping the podcast. So if you're a fan of the podcast and you're going to buy sex toys anyway, buy them from a nice quality uh, distributor like Smitten Kitten. Use your 20% discount code. Helps the podcast. Saves you 20%. Them. Yep. It's a win-win, Save man. Money. I think so. Absolutely. <laughs> Love doll. <laughs> I am a love doll. Aww. <laughs> so some people think so. Anyway, <laughs> so we do have a new subscriber, Gothic Doll from Belgium. So uh, we have this erotic awakening newsletter we tell people about on occasion, and the Gothic Doll from the Belgium has subscribed to it. What are they speaking Belgium? I don't know Dutch. Subtle language. Yeah, it is. But I almost regretted saying it because if it's not and they have like a hate relationship with us that speak Dutch I just (laughs) caused issues the the only thing I know about Belgium (laughs) is send us some chocolate I think they're supposed to have good chocolate oh Belgium chocolate is that not a thing maybe I think it's Swiss chocolate but it's all up in that area we can't go there We We have to go to Australia first. We're going to have to put a map on the wall so we can see where some of these places are. How cool is that? And, uh, uh, oh, by the way, speaking of uh, something that's new, if you are in the Menifee, California area, uh, recently I had somebody write me and say they've started a new Recovery in the Lifestyle uh, chapter out there. Recovery in the Lifestyle is a 12-step program specifically for people in alternative lifestyles. It's not to recover from the alternative lifestyle, as some people find it confusing. It is a uh, AA, NA, whatever recovery program mm-hmm. you're involved in, but it's lifestyle friendly. You and I actually, this Friday and Saturday, will be doing those kind of meetings in Chicago at Kinky College. Exactly. It's really neat to be able to say, you know, sometimes I really get frustrated by my slave mm-hmm. and not have to edit yourself right. when you're in these kind of meetings. So right. congratulations to he whose name I will not mention because anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions Everybody reminding us to be. See, I can speak it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so conf- uh, cool for you, Menifee, California. Uh, if you would like to find out about the Recovering Lifestyle meeting there, feel free to write to me. Um, and I will tell you how to get a hold of people. Well, um, also, Cincinnati seems to be taken off with yeah, their RITL yeah. meeting. We, so. we ran into someone from Cincinnati. Damn it, say anonymity, anonymity yes. I know. <laughs> uh, and they say their meeting is kicking off. Well, we're just kind of waiting for the right time to get down there ourselves. I've actually got, I don't know if they listen to the podcast, but I've actually got a surprise. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think I know what it is. Yeah. We, we will actually be seeing them this weekend. What? Because they go to Kinky College. Oh, no okay. That's right. We that's right. That's where we met them. Exactly. Well, it has to be in Cincinnati. Has to be in the Cincinnati. Okay. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. So what else do we have? Uh, you did not see the new, uh, the newest one from England. Uh, it's an awesome Cthulhu lamp that came in right before we 
broadcast. I and mean, it's really awesome. It's kind of more of a steampunk Cthulhu lamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would absolutely hang that on my wall. Really? Yep. Really? Really? <laughs> I have a paycheck coming in now. <laughs> I have to go check that one out. So, awesome, awesome. I'm underlining it. But then you've, we have this other one from Weird Tales, a tentacle link as well. Awesome. Which I have to talk about tentacle links, apparently, because I have no food on boobs. Although, last night at the BDSM movie night... Here in Columbus, Ohio, at the room, there's something called we do BDSM mm-hmm. movie night. Did you notice there was food on boobs? No, I didn't. Butter and cinnamon on a breast. <gasps> there was in yes. the movie. Yes. yes. So that was great. <laughs> in the movie, not in well, the audience. I was picturing the audience because you know what? Remember when you called my name? You said, hi, Dawn, from across the room. And I just said, hi, back. I wasn't thinking to say yes. hi, Dan, back. Do you know why? It struck me why. Why I don't say hi, Dan, back in those situations. I didn't realize it was a podcast listener, for one, that right. you're doing it for. But for two, usually when you say, hi, Dawn, and you want me to wave at somebody, it's because you're flirting with them and you're pointing out your wife. So I just say hi, oh. back. I don't think to say, hi, Dan. Yeah, I did not <laughs> usually I, sir, I didn't either yesterday until I explained it to someone. Oh. Okay, very And cool. it just popped out. Oh, I just thought he was flirting with somebody. And speaking <laughs> of which, so we met a new podcast listener at the room. Mm-hmm. Last night at BDSM movie night, um, and I totally failed to remember her name because I so because uh, I got caught up in this high Dan high Don bit that we do right. when we meet podcasters. Well, so. and I met someone at two monkey puzzles ago that um, I was just cleaning up the little dining area, the little kitchen area while, uh-huh. while the the group was meeting, and someone came in there, and um, I was talking to her, and she's like, "Is your name Dawn?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like. Of Dan and Dawn. <laughs> She's been a podcast listener and just recognized my voice and didn't didn't know we own the room. Well, there you go. So anyway. Hey, you should probably do this uh, other... Yeah, I've been trying to get a word in. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Join them at their next um, nightly party, the AIS April Fool's Party, on Saturday, March 22nd. $20 at the door. Bring your photo ID. It starts at 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. at the Princeton Club here in Columbus, Ohio. It is a first floor takeover. For more information, go to adventuresinsexuality.org. So, uh, Master Severin and I and you spoke about face slapping recently, and we shall now hear what he has to say about it. It's funny, when we were setting up the interview, really uh, nice guy, and it was really challenging to set up this interview, just time-wise and all that. We finally got set up. I was thrilled to find out. (laughs) The dog. The dog's... She just drug a rug into the room and is eating it. Uh, see, this is why we don't have sex anymore, because of the dog. I know. Eating things. That didn't sound oh, right Oh, but at hey, all. guess what? Uh, oh, yeah, that sounds really wrong. Yes. So, but guess what? Happy anniversary. Oh, what anniversary would that be? Well, we have a couple of years, but tomorrow's is a big one. So, tomorrow is 13 years of being formally collared. Oh, happy anniversary. We've been together almost 15, but 13 collared. Yep. All right, let's see what Mr. Master Severin has to say about face-slapping. So, Dawn, I don't know if you're aware of this, but some time ago I tried to bottom for Master Z of Dallas. <laughs> really? I know people often say, Dan, you'd like to play with him. And in this case, they were right. He was teaching a class, and I was trying to do my best to... Uh, what do they call it? Demo dolly for it? Yeah, yeah. Demo bottom. Demo yes, dolly. But it never did happen. And that was a, place, a, a, a class on face slapping. 
Nice. You know, I do play words with friends with him. I can let him know. <laughs> That's just fine. No, thank you. Fortunately for tonight, we have uh, Master Severin on the podcast. And did I say it right this time? Yes, you did. Fantastic. Awesome. And you are somewhat skilled at the face slapping, and you're going to help me uh, and our audience understand what, what the appeal of that is. So to start me off, when we talk about face slapping, what are we talking about? Are we just talking literally you slap somebody around on the face or what? <laughs> it sounds as easy as that, but it, it's a little more complicated. There's certain areas that we don't slap. Uh, you know, there's certain intensity that we don't hit. Um, generally, the, the face has uh, over 40 muscles and about 14 bones. So even though you know you think you just grab someone and slap them, you really have to know what what the structure of the face is like before you start, you know, hitting them around. But we are literally talking about slapping someone in the face with your hand. Exactly. Yeah. And there's several reasons why people do it. Uh, you know, generally it's for power play. So dominating or feeling the sense of power over someone. Uh, others, you know, enjoy the humiliation. Uh, you can also use it as a form of punishment or discipline. Yeah. Dawn's little, doing a little uh, hopping up and down <laughs> on her chair at the first two ones. So let's talk about from a perspective of power play to start with. Sure. Uh, how would you use it in, in a, when you say for power play, how would you use it for that? Okay, well, when I say power play, uh, from my point of view, because, you know, everyone has a different uh, perspective and, and reasoning for wanting to dominate or submitting. Uh, with me, it's a psychological thing. I like to, uh, to get very close into someone's personal space. And, you know, there's different ways to, slapping, to slap someone. You can slap someone up close or slap someone from a distance. I find that if you're slapping someone from a distance, um, you probably have to slap a little harder. But when you're up close to someone, you slap probably a little less. It's more for the fear factor, making them feel small, making them feel humiliated. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so it doesn't sound like, at least for this one, you're going so much for the immediate, for the for the pain so much like you would with a, a butt spanking. Yes and no, really. Um, it's... I think I think everyone you know in their life has been slapped in the face at least once, and there's this you know kind of this warm feeling that comes over us. Well, some of us like it, some of us don't. Uh, for myself, I think it's probably the, the biggest insult. Uh, but some people kind of can bring it back to when they were small and being disciplined with with the, by their parents. So uh, I'm, I'm trying to maybe Don can help with that one because I I can't I can't speak from the submissive side. Right. And one of the things that I understand is with um, face slapping, your face is like your identity. So to have your your identity struck, I can see, I mean, for me, if the right person does it, and I won't let anybody do it, but um, it's very, I I go right into submissive space. You know, now if the wrong person did it, I'd probably fight back, but (laughs) with the right person, and it very much is about the identity I'm trying to put it into words. So I can see where the humiliation part is in there as well. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I guess part of that is because as a woman, I'm not supposed to like it, but I do. It gives me a little thrill. So it's that whole, and then I'm embarrassed because I get the little thrill. And then. <laughs> <laughs> now I have noticed um, that when people engage in face slapping, uh, it seems that 
strong emotional reactions are a natural outcropping, outcropping of that kind of play versus other kinds of play. Have you found that to be your experience as well? Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. About 10 years ago when I was a little more vanilla, I met a girl who begged me to, to slap her face. And for me, I had no problem dominating her body, uh, her mind, and, you know, even breath play. But when it came to actually slapping her face, I just couldn't do it. Uh, and it's exactly, you know, like Don said, the face is like your identity. It's, you know, it's a very personal place. And I, I, I got comfortable enough adding it into our play sessions and slapping her lightly and then a little more each time. And then one day I just had to ask her because she just, she, she loved it so much. So I asked her, you know, what is the difference between what I've just done to you now and, you know, you explained to me that in the past you were in abusive relationships where you had boyfriends that would, you know, um, slap you or hurt you. And I said, I need to understand in my head how you can enjoy this, because for me, it's, it's a violent act. And she said to me, it's the way you look at me when you do it. And for me, that explained everything. Oh. You know, uh, I wasn't doing it with anger. Uh, I wasn't doing it because I was uh, mad at her getting back at her, it, it really was because I was, you know, dominating her, putting, putting her in her place, and it was for the enjoyment of it. And like you asked earlier, you know, the physical part of it, you know, the, the, whether it's the just humiliation or actually the pain of it, well, you know, it's, I'm sure for her it was, you know, all of it, but like, like I say, for me, it's psychological, it's, it's, um, uh, it's a way to get into someone's head without actually playing mind games. What, and, and the funny thing about it is because a face slap is almost, a, in a way, kind of like a mind fuck. But it's kind of like a physical mind fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I absolutely see that. And um, what you said with the look. I can dance slapped my face before. And the look is of ownership. Right. You know, this is mine. And, you know, it's not like he hauls off and slaps me from a distance. You were saying that there's a difference between the distance and the up close. His is usually very up close and personal and right in my space and right in my face. Right. Now, you had mentioned the 40 muscles in the face, 14 bones. It sounds like it's a pretty, from a BDSM perspective, kind of a risky style of play. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, you know, that question is a little controversial because some people will say, well, it's only face slapping. And then others will say, well, you can actually consider it uh, edge play. I'm on the side that, yes, it's edge play. Uh, I'll tell you why. Because, you know, you, there's very limited area on the face that you can actually hit uh, where you're not risking or hurting or damaging something. You know, um, if you hit a little too high on the cheek, you risk, you know, eye damage. Uh, and there can actually be some serious eye damage. Uh, you can also risk that you're going to give someone a black eye, and that's probably one of the worst things that someone can walk around with for a week. Um, if you hit too close to the ear, you can cause eardrum damage. Uh, also, the force that you hit, you can also cause neck damage. Um, you know, and of course, you have like the lips and the mouth, which uh, are very easy to, to, to break the skin on the surface of the of the mouth. Yep. So, I'm thinking the nose. the nose. And the nose is right out there too. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, that makes sense to me. So how did how do you become a skilled face slapper then? Wow, good question. Experience and um, you know, there's no books out there. You know, there's a lot of things in BDSM that they're there, no one's ever written about, and even for workshops, I don't think I've ever seen a face slapping workshop. Although I might design one. <laughs> yep, I think we've seen the one. Yeah, we've seen so the I've one. Seen, uh, Master Z doing the one. But, yeah, yeah. That, but it is. You're right. It's very rare that you'll see that workshop. Right. I've learned through experience and just really talking with my partner. Um, you know, a lot of things are common sense. You know, you just you don't. For example, if I do face slapping, you know, you can include something like sensory deprivation into that scene. And by that, I mean, to avoid hitting the eyes, what I'll do is I'll put my left hand over the eyes and then I'll slap the, the, the cheek. So that way there, there's no way that I'm going to damage the eyes or hit the eyes. You know, I got to hit my hand before it's going to go through to the eyes. And it's the same with the ears, you know, block the ears, put your hand over the ears and then slap the cheek. Then you're, you're, you're adding a lot more safety into the play and you're also adding another element with the sensory deprivation. I really like that idea. So the whole covering of the eyes and you hit your hand before you hit the eyes. Yep. So that yep. makes a lot of sense. And they don't have to know why you're covering their eyes because it's just exactly. hot. <laughs> <laughs> so would you, uh, now I would, if I meet somebody at an event and they said, hey, I would like a spanking, I would do pick up play, a spanking scene with just about anybody with very little concern about that. Would you do... Uh, face slapping as pickup play, just some stranger that you just met, have a nice conversation for five minutes. Well, you want to play? Sure. How about you slap me around a little bit? I personally could not, but depending on the energy I have with the person, because sometimes you'll meet people and they just have a really nice energy and you, you're open enough to play with them, maybe not to an extreme level, but there are certain ways that you can still slap someone where you're not playing hard. And, uh, I would recommend not actually giving a full a full hand, like a full open hand slap across the face. Uh, and I'd recommend even for the people who are beginning to try it out to just use the, 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 the tips of the fingers, you know, like the just the fingers on the face. And rather than slap, just give taps. Like, you know, you can start with a, a light tap, a harder tap, and then lead up to a, a full slap. So, you know, with someone new, or with, uh, with somebody, well, well, whether it's a new partner, somebody you've just met, or somebody who's just trying it out, I recommend really just using the fingers and, and tapping before slapping. I like that idea, too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm trying some of these on Dawn as you're telling us them, um, which does not help her to be part of this interview at all. Do you, are you one of the, and I, I'm going to, I, I, trying to back out of asking this with attitude. Some people don't believe in aftercare nowadays. Are you one of those people that does believe in aftercare? And if so, is aftercare for a face-slapping scene different from some other kinds of scenes? I'm extremely protocol in the way I play. So my scene always starts with, you know, the conversation from the beginning, discussion, consent, medical issues, uh, triggers, for example. And that's another reason why I wouldn't just play with anyone that I don't know because we haven't really had to sit down and discuss, you know, if I start slapping you, is that going to trigger something from your childhood that, you know, that's going to traumatize you, you know? So we need to get past the first part of discussion and then making sure everything's consensual, negotiating that, and then after the scene, of course, aftercare. Uh, I do aftercare for anything, whether it's something as simple as wax play or, you know, 
the, the stuff that's more basic, I still have aftercare. And definitely for this, uh, I think face slapping really merits a good aftercare, whether it's just talking and asking them how they enjoyed the scene, uh, whether it was too hard or maybe they wanted it harder, whether you accidentally hit an area on them that, that they didn't enjoy or it hurt. You know, because even if you're hitting places that are safe, some people, you know, might not like getting hit in that area. Right. So yeah. now um, being a proponent of aftercare yourself, um, would you play with someone that did not want aftercare afterwards? Because some people use these as like cathartic scenes. And then I, I don't know face slapping in general. I haven't seen it done with face slapping, but other edge play stuff where they'll actually ask for no aftercare afterwards. An interesting would, question, but yeah. to be honest, I've never met anyone who's not appreciated aftercare. Uh, I've met people who have had scenes before that have not had aftercare mm -hmm. and actually surprised when I gave them aftercare. Mm -hmm. But as for someone, so hypothetically, if someone asked me, uh, asked me to scene and they didn't want aftercare, well, I'd, I'd still recommend it. Even if the aftercare was five minutes, I'd still talk to them into just, you know, sitting in other, and, you know, there's different ways to give aftercare. There's, you know, the kind of cuddling up with a blanket and right. getting them a cup of water, taking care of them for half an hour afterwards. Or the five minutes just discussion face to face. How did you like it? Yeah. So, so I I'd, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I I would at least you know convince them to talk to me for five minutes just to to, to let me know how they liked it. Right, right. Because I know someone local. The reason I bring it up is because I know someone local that when she plays like this, she actually wants to be left in a corner right. until yeah. she brings herself together, and then maybe she'll talk to you later. But um, she's just one of those that doesn't do aftercare. So. The, the question, I guess, would be, do you need aftercare after a session? Um, I don't need aftercare, but I, knew, I do need kind of a, a dumb drop. I don't know if you know what I mean. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, because I, when I get into the scene, I get, you know, this rush of adrenaline. I'm so focused on taking care of this person and also focusing... You know, I'm not just, you know, wailing my hand around. I'm focused. My eyes are focused exactly where I want it to hit. I have a target area I want to hit. And so when I'm focusing on that, it takes a lot of energy and focus. So when the scene is over, I need a good 10, 15 minutes after just to come down from that and then and come back to earth, you know. <laughs> that makes sense. Now, have you ever had an experience where, because it's such a powerful type of scene, and, and can be very triggering for people, as you mentioned, where people who are not directly involved in the scene have had negative uh, responses to it. Uh, I mean, there are just, I just know some people who will not tolerate seeing a, uh, well, actually, the people I'm thinking of won't see, tolerate seeing a woman struck, right. uh, even in the middle of a BDSM scene, uh, if that kind of face slapping just pushes them over the edge. Have you ever had any feedback from other people outside your scene that said, hey, uh, that squigged me out or whatever? Because I consider face slapping edge play, I rarely do it in public events. Oh, okay. Sure, and that makes sense. For my personal reason and also for exactly what you've just described, you know, uh, I understand that pe some people will see it and actually not be comfortable at all seeing it. And, I, and like I said earlier, in the, you know, when I was vanilla uh, 10 years ago, I saw it really as an act of violence, even though I had no problem spanking someone. Uh, but the face for me was actually a, actually a, a, an act of violence that I, I had a hard time accepting. And I, 
I still understand other people see that even if they're living the BDSM lifestyle. So, um, yeah. Okay, makes sense. Do you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, getting a black eye would be a negative thing. Or a lot of times after a BDSM scene of some sort, uh, Dawn likes to come home and show me the marks. Oh, look at these scratches on my boobies or look at these <laughs> bruises on my ass. Do you believe that for face slapping, should it be done in such a way that there are no marks or marks part of it? Or Absolutely. And to be honest, when it comes to face slapping, uh, as a dom, I would not be proud if a sub walked around with marks on her face afterwards. You know, you have the marks all over the body. I'm proud of those marks. Those are my marks. I've marked her body. Her body's mine, you know, that kind of mentality. But when it comes to face, I think, um, and I'll, I'll give an example. It's like when you're using a flogger or a whip. And if you don't have experience, you get what's called a wraparound. Sure. And you, you're, you're meaning to hit the ass, but then it actually comes around and the person gets whipped in the stomach. As, as a dom who's holding that whip, I'm not proud, you know, if my sub's walking around with a wraparound and a mark on her stomach because that's not what I, that's not my intention with the hitter there. So I think it's the same mentality with the face. It's, you know, I'm, I'm hitting, hitting her in a certain way that it adds, um, it, that the scene is interesting and the scene is a, a good DS scene, but marks on the face, I think, is really, in my opinion, very, uh, a mark of someone who's not really experienced in uh, face slapping. Okay, makes, makes sense. sense. I don't want to go to work with a bruise on my face and exactly. have to explain <laughs> if my husband just punched me. Well, yeah, he did, but... <laughs> I asked him to. I asked him to. Yeah, that's not going to go over very well. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, all right then. Well, one more question then, if you don't mind. Right. Um, I it, In my beginnings of BDSM exploration, I used to hang out with some people that were very much of the idea that for you to, to be a skilled top, you must first have bottomed to these activities. Have you ever, or would you consider bottoming to face slapping scenes? <laughs> wow, good question. Well, anybody who knows me knows that I'm 100% dominant. So um, would I let somebody slap me for, me for me to know what it feels like? Yes. Would I do an entire scene? Uh, no, I, I just couldn't. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, and, yeah. and mainly because I know that I would not enjoy being, you know, having my face slapped. So that's mainly the reason why. That is a great reason. So, uh, <laughs> Master Severin, you're in Canada, so I assume you've got a podcast, like yes, our I friends do. Dark Angel and Crazy Heart, Heart. since they're yes, in I Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us yeah. about your podcast. Okay. Well, I started my podcast. Um, the first one was launched a month ago. So. Uh, Awesome. I'm trying to remember the date, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, a, a month ago now, and it, it's, it's a monthly podcast at the moment, but hopefully I'll, I'll get to the point where I can have two podcasts each month. Uh, the first podcast, we had uh, Lee Harrington, who I believe was, uh, who is regularly on your program. Yes, yep, yep. Yeah, so it, it was great starting with Lee because, you know, it, it's such a great way to, to launch the podcast. Uh, Lee's such a fantastic person to talk to and to interview. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and so far, I've had a, the interest of about 20, 20 or 30 people who are, you know, making things move in the, in the BDSM world internationally from models to authors and, uh, you know, people such uh, as yourself who will be on my podcast soon. <laughs> awesome. But, uh, sorry. 
So what's the idea of the podcast? Is it an interview or what's the idea of the show? Okay. The idea of the show is that it's, well, it's called King Confession. So basically it's just choosing a topic every month that's mostly discussed in BDSM. Um, and just really just kind of a sitting on a sofa and just talking about it generally. So less kind of an interview format and just back and forth, you know, what do you think of this? And, and by the end of the, the episode, you know, the guest that's on it, I asked them to share one of their kink confessions, you know, something that maybe that not everyone knows about them on it, you know, their, their own secret fetish, their own secret kink. Okay. Where would I find that? I bet I find it at kink confessions something. Yep. Kink kinkconfessions.com that's the blog and um, the podcast is on a site called Podbean but it's linked over That's we use that as the host mm-hmm. but the podcast is actually linked uh, directly over to the uh, kinkconfessions.com blog page alright fantastic yep. so the first uh, actually the first episode was like I said it's been up for a month and I think I checked today and it's been listened to uh, 720 times Wow, fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's always a little thrilling that someone wants to listen to it. (laughs) Sure. Exciting. Yes. (laughs) All right, Master Severin, thank you very much for being on the podcast tonight and telling us a little bit about face slapping. Hopefully I won't run into uh, Master Z anytime soon and be able to experience it. Thank you both so much for being on the program. Thank you. Oh, and, And on a side note, if your podcast gets more popular than I, than ours, then I'm going to come up and slap you. <laughs> okay, I'll accept that. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. Join us each month for Fetish Foreplay Friday. Come celebrate body positivity on March 14th during Fat Bottom Girls. Tips for being a queen-size rope slut, taught by our own Lucy the Slut and the Monkey King of Columbus, Ohio. Located at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio, Fetish Friday Foreplay Friday <laughs> Foreplay provides new and engaging kink classes, followed by a BDSM-themed play party. Come on and experience this laid-back erotic event. Classes start at 8 p.m. and the party immediately follows. Follow us on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH or search for the Monkey Puzzle Club and look for our Curious Monkey logo. You can also follow both Guilty Pleasures and Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all your announcements and discussions. You can also catch the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show at Circus Bar in Columbus, Ohio on February 28th. The Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at The Room at the Columbus Insight Center for cutting-edge kink classes beginning at 8 p.m., immediately followed by hands-on guided... So this is why you guys should go to the room. You're new to the community. Mm-hmm. You want some beginner stuff. Maybe you want a little more advanced stuff. You want to just be able to walk in someplace, no big hassle, and just hang out and watch some presentations, figure out some skills, and then after that, hang out and watch people play. Right. Just make sure you RSVP. The Monkey Puzzle Club is a one-of-a-kind for doing that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So go there. So great stuff. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don. <laughs>